Hello, and welcome to the Practical Rambling Fathers Podcast. My name is Father Tate. And I'm Father Brian. Thanks for joining us today in, in wrapping up our Lenten series. Uh, for this podcast, um, I, I really uh, encourage all you guys at this moment before the podcast even begin, if you have a crucifix in your house or in your home, please grab it. Uh, and during this talk, just, you know, just gaze at our Lord Jesus Christ crucified on that crucifix. You know, because so many times when we think about Christ's wounds and his side, um, you know, we know what, what it's like, but yet it's hard, it's hard for us not to look at him because it's too painful. But this podcast is really to enter in and to understand the extent of God's love for us. So, Father Brian, let's just start this podcast by just reading a passage from from Lamentations, chapters 3, verses 14 through 17. Lamentations 3, 14 through 17. I have become a laughingstock to all my people, their taunts all the day long. He has sated me with bitterness, filled me with wormwood. He has made me eat gravel, trampled me into the dust. My life is deprived of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. That's a powerful scripture passage. Even though this is not Jesus saying these words, the lamentation is really um, the writings when a soul is in, in anguish, but also it foreshadowed the suffering of Jesus Christ. You know, because he did become a laughing stock, right? Here's the king of the Jews, right? Here's your king. He's now crucified and hung like a criminal. Uh, you know, everyone, as he's walking through the streets of Jerusalem, up to Calvary, you know, everyone was looking at him, at him with mixed emotions. Those who were faithful understood that he was the son of God were saddened. But everyone else was quick to join in insulting him, Right? crushing him, um, and when it says, he has made me eat gravel, right? How many times did Jesus fall onto the ground? And I bring all this up, and from the book of Lamentations, is because it puts us in the right frame of mind, that God loves us so much, he's willing to undertake all of this suffering, right? And he's not reminding us to make us feel shame, no. He's saying, I love you. I want to disarm any of your uh, misled ideas about me, that, uh, that I'm an oppressive father, that I don't love you, that I don't understand you, or I'm just hard on you. No, God says, I love you, and I want to take this suffering upon myself so that you don't have to suffer. And during this time, as we talk about each of the wounds, just gaze into uh, the face of Jesus Christ upon the crucifix. And a lot of these writings are taken from Sister Catherine Emmerich. But she has been uh, beatified and she's known as blessed. So a lot of these are called private revelations. Our Lord Jesus has given her the special grace to be able to witness um, really uh, in a vivid way the things that happened um, in Jesus' passion. So let's talk about the five wounds. So the way that the five wounds are kind of classified are, right, his hands, his pierced hands, right, and then his pierced feet, and then the side where the lance struck him through, uh, through his heart, through and through. So let's talk about the first wound from his right hand. Just close your, uh, close your eyes 
and listen to these words and imagine that you're there with Jesus, right? Trying to console him and seeing what how much he has loved you through this type of intense suffering. Then seizing his right arm, the soldiers, they dragged it to the hole prepared for the nail. And having tied it tightly down with a cord, one of them knelt upon a sacred chest, a second held his hand flat, and a third, taking a long, thick nail, pressed it, pressed it on the open palm of that adorable hand, which had ever been opened to bestow blessings and favors on the ungrateful Jews, and with a great iron hammer drove it through the flesh and far into the wood of the cross. Our Lord uttered one deep but suppressed groan, and his blood gushed forth and sprinkled the arms of the archers. Imagine Jesus in this moment. When we often think about the crucifixion, we thought we, we can often think that they measured it correctly. Sometimes they didn't. It was to inflict further torture upon our Lord Jesus. And so what happened at this point is that the hole that they made for the nail was way too long and his arms were short. So they stretched it. They dislocated his arms in order for it to fit where the nail should be. And that didn't have to make another hole. Um, yeah. And that's how, that's how sin operates in this world, right? There's no mercy. There's a lot of accusation, a lot of anger. But our Lord Jesus uttered no blasphemy words against these people but just groanings and trying to pray to our, to his Heavenly Father and to unite himself to the Father. Now take this moment to reflect back, right? If we are the hands of Christ, how have we not used it for the glory of God? Have we used it to strike others when Christ has asked us to turn the other cheek? Or you know, how about at Mass, right? Do we, rever do we reverently receive the body of Christ, right? Do we use our hands uh, as a way of, of praying and bestowing blessings, right? Speaking words of peace. Or do we use it sometimes for our own good, for fighting, Whatever it is, it's, it's in our heart. Focusing on the first wound, which is his right hand. Write it down. Speak words of love to Jesus. Asking him for the grace to use our hands for the glory of God. And to bring others to his mercy and no longer using violence. Now we move into the second wound, which is the left hand. Once again, Sister Catherine Emmerich recalls, When the executioners had nailed the right hand of our Lord, they perceived that his left hand did not reach the hole 
they had bore to receive the nail. Therefore they tied ropes to his left arm, and having steadied their feet against the cross, pulled the left hand violently until it reached the place prepared for it. They again knelt upon him, tied down his arms, and drove the second nail into his left hand. His blood flowed afresh, and his feeble groans were once more heard between the blows of the hammer. But nothing could move the hard-hearted executioners to the slightest pity. O Lord Jesus, how many times have we let our lives be led by our hard-heartedness? How many times have we been impervious, right? Desensitized to the violence around us, to the lack of compassion and mercy when we see others are asking for it. How many times have we sacrificed the innocence and kept on walking because we assume someone else behind us would take care of that problem? How many times have we reacted so violently when others have slandered against us? That's why we turn to Jesus once more. Not a single sentence has been uttered during this whole time when his hands were nailed to the cross. All that sound that came was his blood flowed afresh and his feeble groans were once more heard between the blows of the hammer. But nothing could move the hard-hearted executioners to the slightest pity. Let's now look upon love of Jesus and kiss his beautiful pierced hands. the hands that gave of themselves to us, who broke the bread, who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who made the mute speak and the deaf hear. But it was once beautiful, is now scarred beyond all means. Speak words of comfort to our Lord Jesus. the third and fourth wound of Jesus, the pierced feet. Sister Catherine writes, The holes that the soldier had created for the feet of Jesus to be nailed to was longer than anticipated. They didn't want to drill another hole, so they decided to add further torture by stretching out his legs. He will not stretch himself out, but we will help him. And having fastened a rope to his right leg, dragged it violently until he reached the wood and tied it down tightly as possible. They then fastened his left, <clears throat> his left foot onto his right foot, 
having first bored a hole through them with a species of a piercer, because they could not be placed in such a, a position to be nailed together at once. Next, they took a very long nail and drove it completely through both feet into the cross. <clears throat> oh my Jesus, look at your feet. The feet that has walked into the areas of, of our lives that we, we don't want you to. The feet that has walked to many houses of tax collectors and sinners, drawing all of us into your mercy. The beautiful feet that Mary approached at Simon's house, the tax collector, that she cried and wept, cleansed his feet, dried it with her tears, with her hair, and poured oil on them. When have you shown Christ this love? Or have we used our feet to continue to move? Move away from the opportunities to pull people out of their sins, to help them see the face of Christ in us, and to bring them to Jesus. If we have ever left Jesus and ran away in fear, let us now reach out to Him. He is there waiting for us on the cross. <clears throat> it would have been easy for Him to take Himself down and let His holy angels minister to Him. But He chose to remain there out of love for us. He stood His ground. He's waiting for us to bring him the fears, the shame, and the guilt, and to lay at the foot of the cross. Dear Lord Jesus, we ask for the grace <clears throat> to remain by your side, even when suffering scares us. And we want to retreat away from that pain and that suffering. Allow us to see that love still continues to exist even in the midst of our suffering. And the last wound, <clears throat> the pierced side. On, on the left breast, there was a small wound where the point of Cassius' lance had come out. On, and on the right side was the large wound made by the same lance, which had pierced the heart through and through. How many times have we pierced the heart of Christ ourselves? How many times have we done it through our own actions and our own will? We say we love Christ. But when there are brothers and sisters who are in need of his love, we say no. How many times have we placed Christ on the bottom the priorities of our life when he used to reign as king of our hearts? 
But his heart is now pierced for you, for all of us. And out of that heart flows the precious blood and water, which is the divine mercy, the fountain of mercy, incomprehensible mystery that envelops the whole world. Let us bring to him our fears and allow his heart and our hearts to be in unison with him, beat by beat. We also ask forgiveness for when we cower in fear or been blinded by pride. And we ask that his holy and most precious blood wash over us. Dear Lord Jesus, <clears throat> as we approach closer and closer to the final weeks of Lent, we ask for the grace of humility and a greater fervor in our hearts to hate sin and to be saddened by the thought that we could offend you. And maybe we still are because out of fear not being able to receive your love. We ask that by these precious wounds of yours may help us surrender these things and to receive your love and your mercy. We pray all this in your Son's name, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Stay away, my friends.